This is the Cyber Defense Coach audiobook podcast presenting NIST Special Publication 800-171 Revision 2 by Ron Ross, Victoria Politeri, Kelly Dempsey, Mark Riddle, and Gary Juzini. Part 5 of 6. This title is edited and abridged to aid in audio understanding. Appendices have been removed and some areas have been short. NIST Special Publication 800-171 Revision 2. Part 5. 3.6. Incident Response. Basic Security Requirements. 3.6.1. Establish an operational incident handling capability for organizational systems that includes preparation, detection, analysis, containment, recovery, and user response activities. Discussion. Organizations recognize that incident handling capability is dependent on the capabilities of organizational systems and the mission-slash-business processes being supported by those systems. Organizations consider incident handling as part of the definition, design, and development of mission-slash-business processes and systems. Incident-related information can be obtained from a variety of sources including audit monitoring, network monitoring, physical access monitoring, user and administrator reports, and reported supply chain events. Effective incident handling capability includes coordination among many organizational entities including mission-slash-business owners, system owners, authorizing officials, human resources offices, physical and personnel security offices, legal departments, operations personnel, procurement offices, and the risk executive. As part of user response activities, incident response training is provided by organizations and is linked directly to the assigned roles and responsibilities of organizational personnel to ensure that the appropriate content and level of detail is included in such training. For example, regular users may only need to know who to call or how to recognize an incident on the system, system administrators may require additional training on how to handle or remediate incidents, and incident responders may receive more specific training on forensics, reporting, system recovery, and restoration. Incident response training includes user training in the identification reporting of suspicious activities from external and internal sources. User response activities also includes incident response assistance which may consist of help desk support, assistance groups, and access to forensic services or consumer redress services, when required. SP-861 provides guidance on incident handling. SP-886 and SP-801 provide guidance on integrating forensic techniques into incident response. SP-800-161 provides guidance on supply chain risk management. 3.6.2 Track, document, and report incidents to designated officials and or authorities both internal and external to the organization. Discussion Tracking and documenting system security incidents includes maintaining records about each incident, the status of the incident, and other pertinent information necessary for forensics, evaluating incident details, trends, and handling. Incident information can be obtained from a variety of sources including incident reports, incident response teams, audit monitoring, network monitoring, physical access monitoring, and user-slash-administrator reports. Reporting incidents addresses specific incident reporting requirements within an organization and the formal incident reporting requirements for the organization. Suspected security incidents may also be reported and include the receipt of suspicious email communications that can potentially contain malicious code. 
the types of security incidents reported, the content and timeliness of the reports, and the designated reporting authorities reflect applicable laws, executive orders, directives, regulations, and policies. SP 861 provides guidance on incident handling. Derived Security Requirements 3.6.3 Test the Organizational Incident Response Capability Discussion Organizations test incident response capabilities to determine the effectiveness of the capabilities and to identify potential weaknesses or deficiencies. Incident response testing includes the use of checklists, walkthrough or tabletop exercises, simulations, both parallel and full interrupt, and comprehensive exercises. Incident response testing can also include a determination of the effects on organizational operations, example, reduction in mission capabilities, organizational assets, and individuals due to incident response. SP 884 provides guidance on testing programs for information technology capabilities. 3.7 Maintenance Basic Security Requirements 3.7.1 Perform maintenance on organizational systems. Discussion. This requirement addresses the information security aspects of the system maintenance program and applies to all types of maintenance to any system component, including hardware, firmware, applications, conducted by any local or non-local entity. System maintenance also includes those components not directly associated with information processing in data or information retention such as scanners, copiers, and printers. In general, system maintenance requirements tend to support the security objective of availability. However, improper system maintenance or a failure to perform maintenance can result in the unauthorized disclosure of CUI, thus compromising confidentiality of that information. 3.7.2 Provide controls on the tools, techniques, mechanisms, and personnel used to conduct system maintenance. Discussion this requirement addresses security-related issues with maintenance tools that are not within the organizational system boundaries that process, store, or transmit CUI, but are used specifically for diagnostic and repair actions on those systems. Organizations have flexibility in determining the controls in place for maintenance tools, but can include approving, controlling, and monitoring the use of such tools. Maintenance tools are potential vehicles for transporting malicious code, either intentionally or unintentionally, into a facility and into organizational systems. Maintenance tools can include hardware, software, and firmware items, for example, hardware and software diagnostic test equipment and hardware and software packet sniffers. Derived Security Requirements 3.7.3 Ensure equipment removed for off-site maintenance is sanitized of any CUI. Discussion. This requirement addresses the information security aspects of system maintenance that are performed off-site and applies to all types of maintenance to any system component, including applications, conducted by a local or non-local entity, example, in-contract, warranty, in-house, software maintenance agreement. SP 888 provides guidance on media sanitization. 3.7.4 Check media containing diagnostic and test programs for malicious code before the media are used in organizational systems. Discussion If, upon inspection of media containing maintenance diagnostic and test programs, organizations determine that the media contain malicious code, the incident is handled consistent with incident handling policies and procedures. 
3.7.5 require multi-factor authentication to establish non-local maintenance sessions via external network connections and terminate such connections when non-local maintenance is complete. Discussion Non-local maintenance and diagnostic activities are those activities conducted by individuals communicating through an external network. The authentication techniques employed in the establishment of these non-local maintenance and diagnostic sessions reflect the network access requirements in 3.5.3. 3.7.6 Supervise the maintenance activities of maintenance personnel without required access authorization. Discussion This requirement applies to individuals who are performing hardware or software maintenance on organizational systems, while 3.10.1 addresses physical access for individuals whose maintenance duties place them within the physical protection perimeter of the systems, example, custodial staff, physical plant maintenance personnel. Individuals not previously identified as authorized maintenance personnel, such as information technology manufacturers, vendors, consultants, and systems integrators, may require privileged access to organizational systems, for example, when required to conduct maintenance activities with little or no notice. Organizations may choose to issue temporary credentials to these individuals based on organizational risk assessments. Temporary credentials may be for one-time use or for very limited time periods. 3.8. Media Protection Basic Security Requirements 3.8.1. Protect, i.e., physically control and securely store, system media containing CUI, both paper and digital. Discussion System media includes digital and non-digital media. Digital media includes diskettes, magnetic tapes, external and removable hard disk drives, flash drives, compact disks, and digital video disks. Non-digital media includes paper and microfilm. Protecting digital media includes limiting access to design specifications stored on compact disks or flash drives in the media library to the project leader and any individuals on the development team. Physically controlling system media includes conducting inventories, maintaining accountability for stored media, and ensuring procedures are in place to allow individuals to check out and return media to the media library. Secure storage includes a locked drawer, desk, or cabinet, or a controlled media library. Access to CUI on system media can be limited by physically controlling such media, which includes conducting inventories, ensuring procedures are in place to allow individuals to check out and return media to the media library, and maintaining accountability for all stored media. SP 800111 provides guidance on storage encryption technologies for end-user devices. 3.8.2 Limit access to CUI on system media to authorized users. Discussion. Access can be limited by physically controlling system media and secure storage areas. Physically controlling system media includes conducting inventories, ensuring procedures are in place to allow individuals to check out and return system media to the media library, and maintaining accountability for all stored media. Secure storage includes a locked drawer, desk, or cabinet, or a controlled media library. 3.8.3 Sanitize or destroy system media containing CUI before disposal or release for reuse. Discussion. This requirement applies to all system media, digital and non-digital, subject to disposal or reuse. Examples include digital media found in workstations, network components, scanners, 
copiers, printers, notebook computers, and mobile devices, and non-digital media such as paper and microfilm. The sanitization process removes information from the media such that the information cannot be retrieved or reconstructed. Sanitization techniques, including clearing, purging, cryptographic erase, and destruction, prevent the disclosure of information to unauthorized individuals when such media is released for reuse or disposal. Organizations determine the appropriate sanitization methods, recognizing that destruction may be necessary when other methods cannot be applied to the media requiring sanitization. Organizations use discretion on the employment of sanitization techniques and procedures for media containing information that is in the public domain or publicly releasable or deemed to have no adverse impact on organizations or individuals if released for reuse or disposal. Sanitization of non-digital media includes destruction, removing CUI from documents, or redacting selected sections or words from a document by obscuring the redacted sections or words in a manner equivalent in effectiveness to removing the words or sections from the document. NARA Policy and Guidance Control Sanitization Processes for Controlled Unclassified Information SP 888 provides guidance on media sanitization. Derived Security Requirements 3.8.4, Mark Media with Necessary CUI Markings and Distribution Limitations Discussion The term security marking refers to the application or use of human-readable security attributes. System media includes digital and non-digital media. Marking of system media reflects applicable federal laws, executive orders, directives, policies, and regulations. C. NARA Mark the implementation of this requirement is per marking guidance in 32 CFR 2002 and NARA CUI. Standard form SF-902 and SF-903 can be used on media that contain CUI such as hard drives or USB devices. 3.8.5 Control access to media containing CUI and maintain accountability for media during transport outside of controlled areas. Discussion Controlled areas are areas or spaces for which organizations provide physical or procedural controls to meet the requirements established for protecting systems and information. Controls to maintain accountability for media during transport include locked containers and cryptography. Cryptographic mechanisms can provide confidentiality and integrity protections depending upon the mechanisms used. Activities associated with transport include the actual transport as well as those activities such as releasing media for transport and ensuring that media enters the appropriate transport processes. For the actual transport, authorized transport and courier personnel may include individuals external to the organization. Maintaining accountability of media during transport includes restricting transport activities to authorized personnel and tracking and obtaining explicit records of transport activities as the media moves through the transportation system to prevent and detect loss, destruction, or tampering. 3.8.6 Implement cryptographic mechanisms to protect the confidentiality of CUI stored on digital media during transport unless otherwise protected by alternative physical safeguards. Discussion this requirement applies to portable storage devices, example, USB memory sticks, digital video disks, compact disks, external or removable hard disk drives. C. NIST Crypto. SP 800-111 provides guidance on storage encryption technologies for end-user devices. 
3.8.7, control the use of removable media on system components. Discussion. In contrast to requirement 3.8.1, which restricts user access to media, this requirement restricts the use of certain types of media on systems, for example, restricting or prohibiting the use of flash drives or external hard disk drives. Organizations can employ technical and non-technical controls, example, policies, procedures, and rules of behavior to control the use of system media. Organizations may control the use of portable storage devices, for example, by using physical cages on workstations to prohibit access to certain external ports, or disabling or removing the ability to insert, read, or write to such devices. Organizations may also limit the use of portable storage devices to only approved devices including devices provided by the organization, devices provided by other approved organizations, and devices that are not personally owned. Finally, organizations may control the use of portable storage devices based on the type of device, prohibiting the use of writable, portable devices, and implementing this restriction by disabling or removing the capability to write to such devices. 3.8.8 Prohibit the use of portable storage devices when such devices have no identifiable owner. Discussion Requiring identifiable owners, example, individuals, organizations, or projects, for portable storage devices reduces the overall risk of using such technologies by allowing organizations to assign responsibility and accountability for addressing known vulnerabilities in the devices, example, insertion of malicious code. 3.8.9 Protect the confidentiality of backup CUI at storage locations. Discussion Organizations can employ cryptographic mechanisms or alternative physical controls to protect the confidentiality of backup information at designated storage locations. Backed up information containing CUI may include system-level information and user-level information. System-level information includes system state information, operating system software, application software, and licenses. User-level information includes information other than system-level information. 3.9. Personnel security. Basic security requirements. 3.9.1. Screen individuals prior to authorizing access to organizational systems containing CUI. Discussion. Personnel security screening, vetting, activities involve the evaluation slash assessment of individuals' conduct, integrity, judgment, loyalty, reliability, and stability, i.e., the trustworthiness of the individual, prior to authorizing access to organizational systems containing CUI. The screening activities reflect applicable federal laws, executive orders, directives, policies, regulations, and specific criteria established for the level of access required for assigned positions. 3.9.2 Ensure that organizational systems containing CUI are protected during and after personnel actions such as terminations and transfers. Discussion Protecting CUI during and after personnel actions may include returning system-related property and conducting exit interviews. System-related property includes hardware authentication tokens, identification cards, system administration technical manuals, keys, and building passes. Exit interviews ensure that individuals who have been terminated understand the security constraints imposed by being former employees and that proper accountability is achieved for system-related property. 
Security topics of interest at exit interviews can include reminding terminated individuals of non-disclosure agreements and potential limitations on future employment. Exit interviews may not be possible for some terminated individuals, for example, in cases related to job abandonment, illnesses, and non-availability of supervisors. For termination actions, timely execution is essential for individuals terminated for cause. In certain situations, organizations consider disabling the system accounts of individuals that are being terminated prior to the individuals being notified. This requirement applies to reassignments or transfers of individuals when the personnel action is permanent or of such extended durations as to require protection. Organizations define the CUI protections appropriate for the types of reassignments or transfers, whether permanent or extended. Protections that may be required for transfers or reassignments to other positions within organizations include returning old and issuing new keys, identification cards, and building passes, changing system access authorizations, i.e., privileges, closing system accounts and establishing new accounts, and providing for access to official records to which individuals had access at previous work locations and in previous system accounts. Derived security requirements. None. 3.10. Physical protection. Basic security requirements. 3.10.1. Limit physical access to organizational systems, equipment, and the respective operating environments to authorized individuals. Discussion. This requirement applies to employees, individuals with permanent physical access authorization credentials, and visitors. Authorized individuals have credentials that include badges, identification cards, and smart cards. Organizations determine the strength of authorization credentials needed consistent with applicable laws, directives, policies, regulations, standards, procedures, and guidelines. This requirement applies only to areas within facilities that have not been designated as publicly accessible. Limiting physical access to equipment may include placing equipment in locked rooms or other secured areas and allowing access to authorized individuals only, and placing equipment in locations that can be monitored by organizational personnel. Computing devices, external disk drives, networking devices, monitors, printers, copiers, scanners, facsimile machines, and audio devices are examples of equipment. 3.10.2 Protect and monitor the physical facility and support infrastructure for organizational systems. Discussion. Monitoring of physical access includes publicly accessible areas within organizational facilities. This can be accomplished, for example, by the employment of guards, the use of sensor devices, or the use of video surveillance equipment such as cameras. Examples of support infrastructure include system distribution, transmission, and power lines. Security controls applied to the support infrastructure prevent accidental damage, disruption, and physical tampering. Such controls may also be necessary to prevent eavesdropping or modification of unencrypted transmissions. Physical access controls to support infrastructure include locked wiring closets, disconnected or locked spare jacks, protection of cabling by conduit or cable trays, and wiretapping sensors. Derived security requirements. 3.10.3. Escort visitors and monitor visitor activity. Discussion. 
Individuals with permanent physical access authorization credentials are not considered visitors. Audit logs can be used to monitor visitor activity. 3.10.4 Maintain audit logs of physical access. Discussion Organizations have flexibility in the types of audit logs employed. Audit logs can be procedural, example, a written log of individuals accessing the facility, automated, example, capturing ID provided by a PIV card, or some combination thereof. Physical access points can include facility access points, interior access points to systems or system components requiring supplemental access controls, or both. System components, example, workstations, notebook computers, may be in areas designated as publicly accessible with organizations safeguarding access to such devices. 3.10.5 Control and manage physical access devices. Discussion Physical access devices include keys, locks, combinations, and card readers. 3.10.6 Enforce safeguarding measures for CUI at alternate worksites. Discussion Alternate worksites may include government facilities or the private residences of employees. Organizations may define different security requirements for specific alternate work sites or types of sites depending on the work-related activities conducted at those sites. SP-846 and SP-8114 provide guidance on enterprise and user security when teleworking. We hope you enjoyed this production of NIST 800-171 Revision 2. Original text published in 2020 by the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Production copyright 2023 by Cyber Defense Coach. For more cybersecurity audiobooks and information, visit cyberdefensecoach.com.